Brothers and sisters, at this very moment, a great contest is underway. At Mundelein Seminary, they are currently playing the championship game of the Father Pat O'Malley Invitational, a basketball tournament that's been held for the last 21 years, give or take a couple years off there in the last couple, you can imagine why, where seminaries from across the United States send their best athletes to contend for the coveted championship. Mundelein's team isn't in the championship game this year, but we're happy to host. And so I'm eager to check my phone after Mass is done and to see which of our visiting teams has taken home that championship. Which, of course, will mean that one of those teams that traveled all the way to Chicago, endured the terrible winter storm yesterday, slogged through all those games, won't have won that trophy. And it's that kind of season of year, isn't it? Well, in just a few weeks, we'll have Super Bowl Sunday. And two of these great football teams will clash in this magnificent arena before millions of eyeballs. And one team will go down the record books as the champion. The other team will go home losers. Hollywood just released their list of nominees for the Academy Awards, all of these hopeful films and directors and actors and actresses who could go home with that little gold statuette, and the rest will be forgotten, who won't make it onto the list of Oscar award-winning actor, director, film, and so on, and so on. And that's how it seems like life goes. There are winners, those who take home the championship trophy, wear the ring, take home the Oscar, and the rest of us, the ones who don't win. And that creeps into the way that we see ourselves. Everyone loves a winner. Everyone wants to be the one on top. But how often does that actually happen? So we end up judging our lives of something less than. If we didn't win that trophy, didn't get that recognition, didn't receive that award, what kind of life do we have? We look at the winner's life as a blessed life. They get the money and success and respect and the good looks. But the thing is, The winner's life doesn't keep on winning. The money runs out. Eventually, the champions of last season lose a game and don't make it back to the playoffs. You can't please everyone all the time, and so you lose respect as opinion changes. And good looks, well, age comes even for fashion models. All those markers of worldly success fade away. Is that really winning? Is that really the blessed life? If it doesn't last forever? We yearn for that lasting victory, that permanent blessing that does not fade or tarnish. 
And what Jesus proclaims to us today is the form, the content of that blessed life. And it's very strange. It is put in categories and ways of thinking that are utterly alien to the championship game, to the Super Bowl, to the Academy Awards. Poverty? Mourning? Meekness? These are not the qualities of a winner. But they are the qualities of our Savior. Because, of course, every single one of these beatitudes, every single one of these qualities is embraced wholeheartedly by Jesus. He didn't have a thin red cent to his name. No 401k, no vacation home that he could fall back on. He weeps, mourns over Jerusalem, over a people who do not recognize that the time of visitation, the time of salvation has come. And when Judas and all those guards and soldiers show up in the garden, he does not resist them. He goes all the way down into death like a lamb led to slaughter. And after the resurrection, well, all of these beatitudes are still present in him. When Jesus rises from the dead, a wealth of gold does not come flowing out of the tomb with him. He is still poor. (laughs) He has no earthly holdings, no material wealth with him as he rises from the dead. When he appears to Paul on the road to Damascus, he makes it clear he still identifies with the persecuted church. I am Jesus whom you, Paul, are persecuting when you arrest and harass my brothers and sisters in the church. And he still bears those wounds on his glorified body, showing that even in his victory he bears the marks of the cross. Poverty, mourning, meekness. Both before and after the resurrection, Jesus lives this life of beatitude, of blessedness. And 2,000 years later, we still profess his name. In 2,000 years, who's going to remember the starting quarterback of this year's Super Bowl champion? Only the film nerds, if there are any left in 2,000 years, will remember the Academy Award winners in 2023. Jesus wants us to share with him this lasting victory, this eternal beatitude. He wants us to embrace poverty, mourning, meekness, peacemaking, mercy, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, accepting persecution for his sake. Perhaps we would rather play in the Super Bowl. Perhaps we would rather go up against that offensive line with no pads than embrace these beatitudes. And if it were up to us, up to our own power, I would be right there with you. Like, no thanks, I can't do this on my own. This is too much to ask. But Jesus doesn't ask us to do it alone. 
He provides the grace necessary to live these beatitudes by providing the only thing that makes it possible, himself. Jesus shares his very life, his very body and blood, so that we might eat and drink of his beatitude. For after all, God chooses the weak of the world, the poor in spirit, the mourning, the meek, to shame the strong. See, it's the true blessed life, that lasting victory is enjoyed by the weak because they have made room for the life of Jesus. They have owned up to the fact that I can't, you can. And that makes all the difference. Embracing that detachment from possessions, to seek not the victory in material goods, to embrace a sorrow over our own sins, to recognize that things are not as they should be in our lives and in our world. And we offer up that, lam- that lamentation to God. And that when we encounter evil, we do not play superhero, but rather turn the other cheek, loving even our enemies, sharing with them, even in that moment of confrontation, the life of blessedness that we live. We are called to measure a blessed life, a winner's life, according to the vision of the kingdom. Not present, but promised. Not cheap, but costly. Not by our own efforts, but by our trust in Jesus. He is, after all, as St. Paul reminds us, for us as wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. He is all we need to live the life of the kingdom. He is, for us, beatitude.